All right, welcome to another episode of the Esports Next podcast. We have a full house today. I have both of my lovely co-hosts with me today. We have Lindsay the Boss Poss, and we also have MVP, Miss Megan Van Petten, founder of the Esports Trade Association. And guys, we have a pretty incredible guest today. I'm pretty excited about this show. We have CEO of 404 Studios, Mr. Josh Benzing. Thank you for being here, Josh. Thanks for having me. Super excited. Absolutely. Well, um, when we connected with you and with Epic Games on a call, you know, um, months and months ago, that was one of the moments that got me really excited for the Esports Next conference. Because as you know, speakers draw attendees, attendees draw sponsors. And so getting the best speakers, sharing the most relevant insights is super important. And we were just thrilled to have you on the stage for the fireside chat. Why don't you start off and share with our audience? Um, tell us what is 404 Studios? Yeah, um, so 404, uh, we are a group of game designers that just started from Momba Roots, um, you know, from a non-professional background. Um, you know, Fortnite was the world's most popular game back in 2017. And then in 2018, they launched uh, this state-of-the-art editor that had very minor tools and limitations, but it was a great sandbox to play with. Um, and I was just one of those people that was very interested in getting in and just playing around with tools and creating my own version of Fortnite. Um, so I started doing that. Uh, I was an accountant at the time, full-time, and I'd get home and start making my own games made a name for myself that way and met a lot of really interesting people that were doing the same thing too, too making some very cool games. Uh, so I made some friends. We started hanging out together, seeing what games everybody's making um, and then started helping each other. And it was through that natural process where, you know, we saw the potential to collaborate and make games better than what we could do ourselves. So um, that's what prompted uh, myself and the friends that I had met along the way there to create this studio together. Um, and we've been doing this for professionally for over two years now. It's cool. been quite a ride. Um, and today we are just continuing to create whatever kind of cool games we can come up with in Fortnite at our, you know, the tool set at our disposal. And then we're also creating games for some of the top clients and brands within the space, as well as um, some epic partnerships as well on any official deals that come in there for some great activations or, you know, uh, sponsors that they have. So it's been really, really exciting and it's only getting better as the landscape continues to improve and the tool set and improves. Um, and as gaming launches into the future. That's such a lovely and organic way to, uh, to start a business. That's awesome. Um, one of the questions that I hear all the time is, you know, how do I get into the games industry? How do I get a job in the gaming industry? One of the things that I love that you said is that you were an accountant. So I would love for you to talk about how you were able to translate some of that experience or what you learned in your previous life and kind of use that to build a successful gaming company. Because I truly believe that you can start off in any industry and translate that into gaming. Um, but that bridge looks different for everyone. So what was it like for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when everybody thinks about the gaming industry and getting into it, the first thing they think about is like playing the games or being a competitor. And that is far from being the only way to get into this industry. There are so many different parts uh, in the industry, so many deep corners uh, and people that are doing great work behind the scenes to make all this awesome stuff happen. 
So for me, my experience um, with my accounting background, that just gave me the basic knowledge that I needed for, you know, starting, running and managing a business um, and, you know, getting that look and that experience for a couple of years. Uh, and that's really what gave me the right footing to be able to be the one to take on the responsibility of managing the business side of things when forming mm -hmm. this studio with the rest of my friends. You know, not everybody's interested in running a business. It's not an easy thing to do. You know, there's a lot to learn. Um, and, you know, uh, everybody else just they're very interested in just making fun games, you know, and, you know, I take that distraction away from them and allow them to be able to do the work that they do best while making sure that everything is running smoothly. So that's what it looked like for me. Um, it just made the most sense with my background to take on that responsibility. Uh, and like you said, you know, it was a very organic process. You know, me and a group of other friends that were doing this decided to do it together. Uh, we divvied up the responsibilities on how to get it started, very much worked together on that. And we still work that way uh, today, you know, very cool. much so. Um, so yeah, it's very organic. And from the limited time that I've been in the esports space, I've run into a lot of people doing a lot of different jobs. And you can go and get an education on any topic and it's relevant in the esports space. So if that's yeah. a direction that you want to go, but there's also so many things that you can do without a formal education. Um, you know, game design was something I didn't go to school for. Uh, how that came up is I was just very interested in games. Um, I grew up playing Call of Duty. I really started getting interested in the level design and like, how did this game work? Um, and then that's what got me interested in making my own. And then uh, I, uh, from there, there was the access to the program for free. Um, there's access to tinker around and acquire my own knowledge and skill. And then that's just what led me to be a professional. I love that. Um, and you, you you kind of answered a little bit of my question before me even asking it. We're just on this really great wavelength, Josh. Um, uh, so one thing that is so cool is kids now have career paths ahead of them, right? Like, I mean, you've got kids who are 10, 11, 12, or in high school, and they can see that there are opportunities for uh, whether they want to become a game designer or they want to get into the business side of, of um, gaming or things of that nature, share a little bit about your perspective. You know, you kind of learned this very organically early on. Um, what is it like, what would it be like now if you went back in time or I guess the younger self was starting now with the resources that are available to kids today? I absolutely would have gotten an early start you know it's not that not that I'm an old dog and can't learn new tricks um <laughs> it's just I find myself now with everything that's going on and all the work that we're keeping up with um having that time to be able to dive in and acquire new skills uh is something that's just a lot harder to manage as an adult mm -hmm. you know with so many responsibilities um with the resources that are out there now, and if I had the same access to those a decade ago, you know, when I was, you know, finishing up uh, high school, um, I definitely would have been spending more of my free time uh, learning and tinkering around with these, you know, whatever it is. Like, 
Uh, there's Unreal Engine, you know, to create games. Um, also other kind of, you know, other like modeling, learning how to model things, learning coding. Coding is a very, very um, important aspect of game design. Um, and if offered, you know, would have been a class that I probably would have taken sometime in my general education. Um, you know, maybe instead of taking Spanish or French, I would have taken, you know, let's go learn C++ kind of mm -hmm. thing, because it's a language just as much as any other kind of language. Um, and it's going to just continue to be a much more relevant language in the future going forward. Um, so yeah, I would have just spent much more time uh, diving in and learning um, with the, the free access to resources now that I just weren't that apparent back then um, and weren't really that available. So it's it's fascinating to think about where gaming is going. I mean, we we've all seen a lot and I don't even think we've touched the surface. Yeah. I mean, like I have a vision of that tip of the iceberg. Um, I can't even imagine when you tell people what you do for a living, how many people the conversations you must have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the level of interest in conversation absolutely depends on who's on the other end. You know, if I'm talking <laughs> to someone who's going to be lending me money, it's a little bit, it's a much more of a difficult <laughs> conversation to have with a banker. Um, but yeah, generally everybody's very interested, whether they're involved in the space or not, sure. um, because it's just so innovative and innovation is happening every week, every month you know, every year something crazy and landscape altering happens. Um, and in the position that I am in with, uh, you know, now I have this studio and it's a bit of a weird concept for people because I, I tell people to save an explanation unless they want me to explain it. I just say, I make games. People are like, mm -hmm. oh, that's cool. You know, if they press it even further, I'll give them a little bit more information, you know, if they're interested in it. And then it just starts to get a little bit confusing because they're like, hold on, you make games inside another game. Like, how does that work? Inception. Um, yeah, it's games within games. But that is really in my eyes, um, which I don't believe is a bias is where really uh, the future of gaming is going. And we saw examples of this, like we saw this with YouTube. You know, nobody predicted what YouTube was going to become. And now all of a sudden, anybody can be a YouTuber. They can upload their own videos. You can you can grow and become profitable. Yeah. And, you know, we there's so many YouTubers out there that have their own businesses and like very large profitable businesses businesses and then translate that into other markets and other industries. Um, and very much the same thing I envision happening here in the gaming space is the future of gaming as more and more game developers, AAA game developers, create games that have sandbox modes within them. Every, all the gamers today are going to grow up playing games while also making their own games. And then it just becomes an expectation going forward. And then, you know, this is, it all kinds of ties into the idea of the metaverse. And I know that's a big buzzword that people throw around a lot and mostly misuse. Um, <laughs> but the metaverse really is gaming and really at the, at the base, it's just a social platform of gaming. 
is really what mm -hmm. it is. It's a place for people to come together socially, uh, you know, on games and build their own visions, their own interpretations and express themselves. And that's what user-generated content, UGC games are. So this is just us partaking in, you know, this platform here inside Fortnite. That's where we've chosen to, to do this because that's where we're, what we're interested in. But there's others, there's Minecraft, there's Roblox, there's uh, the Sandbox, there's many others and more to come, uh, even Halo Forge. Uh, and that's that's where you can join into the metaverse and you can create your own vision for games. And it's just becoming, it's becoming a business uh, model now that uh, there is, you know, there's, there's an economy behind it. And, you know, Epic Games has created that vision of creating a metaverse platform and, you know, giving the power to the users. So I really do believe in the future, the majority of gaming experiences out there are not going to be made by AAA game developers, but are going to be made by the people playing them. So it's, it is kind of this very, like you said, inception thing going on, but that's just, that's where we're heading. Ooh, I love this take. I have to jump in here because I want to ask a follow-up question. Do you think that there's going to be then several platforms that come to kind of dominate, or do you think it's going to be maybe a select few um, or even one that comes to kind of dominate the the place where people hang out online? That's a, that's a really, really good question. Um, and not talking specifically on gaming, we've seen examples of some, you know, major, major players trying to create the metaverse. Um, and that's actually where the, where they get off track. That's where it becomes a problem is you can't actually create the metaverse. The metaverse is just a culmination of things that are kind of happening naturally. So um, I don't envision it as one one there being one big stakeholder that owns the metaverse that's not necessarily how it works but rather you know uh, uh many different like subsets within each other that you can go around and you know as we as we get further into it who knows what might happen there may be some things where they get connected together like who knows in the future maybe roblox and fortnite although kind of they're positioned as competitors for uh, user-generated game spaces and platforms, maybe in the future that there are connections between them, mm. um, where now you can take a similar experience from one side and carry it over and have a similar experience on the other side. So I think a lot of that is really to be determined, but I don't think anybody's going to, you know, there's going to be major players in the space, um, like the developers of Roblox, um, like Epic Games, who, you know, built Fortnite and is now building this Fortnite creative platform, um, who are really putting the resources in to make it happen and giving everybody the tools to to do the work. Um, but I, I don't think it's going to remain there exclusively. Absolutely. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities, and I think that they're all going to thrive naturally and equally. I love that insight. Um, you know, the, the primary revenue driver in esports is partnerships and sponsorships, right? And we have seen um, historically many brands have struggled to find the right fit or engage um, the audience in an effective way. I always say one of the most effective, but maybe challenging or, or maybe highest barrier to entry is in-game integration, right? You go right to the yeah. audience, you work with great people like yourself, you give them a better experience and 
the the engagement and the response um, around that brand is very, very positive. Can you share some examples of brands who have done this really well? And maybe some some insights for the audience who are thinking about what should I do and what even can I do? What are their possibilities as well? Yeah, I've man, I how to summarize that. I mean, the possibilities really are endless and are just continuing to become even more so. Um, but yeah, in-game in-game branding and sponsorship has definitely been a challenging thing for you know many brands to do. Like there's a huge barrier to entry. Um, you know, if you want to do an official Fortnite collaboration, for example, like we've seen some of the craziest collaborations in Fortnite, like the Travis Scott concert was a global phenomenon, one of the biggest yep. events in gaming of all time. Um, as and they've done a number of other concerts and live events and collaborations with Marvel and you know, just all over the map. You know, I could keep talking about it forever. There's been so many now. Um, but to do that is very, very costly, time consuming. It's a huge investment. You don't even know whether or not you're going to get it. So yeah, that barrier to entry to be able to do something like that is really exclusive to for some of like the top players in the space. So what's very interesting and useful with Fortnite Creative is it removes that barrier to entry. Um, you know, it still provides that access to be able to advertise within a space to millions of players across the world who can access this game for free and play it every day mm -hmm. um and here you have an opportunity at a, you know cost effective not as time consuming uh you can easily bring your brand into this space by either creating your own game or partnering with another studio such as 404 creative to you know create that vision uh in the game for you um so yeah it, it, there's been many examples of uh activations branded activations in fortnite creative that have that really stand out to me um that really show the true potential of the space uh one of them recently was uh an official nike collaboration called airphoria um and this was one of the first official uh internal epic games collaboration they you know they had a big collab with fortnite they had a couple new outfits that released in the game mm -hmm. um and it's also a very interesting point because it was connected to uh some web3 on nike side their dot swoosh so uh you know they had cool. they connected those together and you're able to join into the fortnite game called airphoria uh and go play around in an expert expertly created game uh collaboration um, between another studio and epic games themselves and by playing that you also uh received some free web3 uh tokens on dots wish so that's a great example of connecting web3 which is something we have yet to see in fortnite creative um and uh, you know a major major player in the brand space coming in and doing something that's going to alter the landscape you know there's other examples mr beast ran an official tournament a million dollar tournament in Fortnite creative where you know that that project probably broke broke the all-time record i don't even know the amount of concurrent players that were playing that in that three-hour time window i was you know I, <laughs> I got i got top hundred thousand somewhere around there i felt pretty good about myself but um that you know that's a that's a huge that's a huge collaboration um and just something that really shows the true potential for you know influencers and brands and 
anybody to do something just groundbreaking opportunities out there. What do you think, like, obviously that's complex, like it's more masterful, it's more pioneering. What do you think brands generally want to know that they don't know, maybe? Uh, uh, what they, what they want to know. Yeah. What um, do you think? Cause that sounds so untouchable. That sounds so epic. Really? The, I mean, the fact is it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go to that scale. You don't have right. to be an influencer that brings a million dollars in. You can, the, the, the scale of which you can go is really up to you. That's the thing. That's the great thing about creating something from scratch is you can decide every aspect of it. Sure. So what's really great about this space now is you don't have to have a huge pocketbook. It's cost effective. I mean, those are the, ex that's the extreme. Yeah. That's the high end level. That's setting the bar. Yeah. Um, but you can do anything below that bar to your potential. You can determine it however you want to. So if you are a, a casual streamer and you don't have that big of a, you know, you don't have a huge budget, you're not going to do a million dollar, you know, Fortnite project and give away all that money. But you can create your own game, you know, maybe you can figure out how to work with the tools and make your own game, or you know, somebody that does, or maybe you can go find another freelancer, who just kind of does this in their free time, who will do it, uh, not at a, you know, a premium cost that you can work with, create a game, and then you just Maybe you give away a couple of, you know, a couple of bucks here and there to your stream chat, to your audience, you know, kind of build that engagement. And that starts the ball rolling for you. Um, you know, you can, you can go that small, really. Um, yeah. And then you can also, you know, it doesn't have to be, obviously, you don't have to make a game for a brand. Um, and brands don't have to make things that are super expansive. Um you, they can literally build any kind of game that they want to, their own interpretation of what they want to put in Fortnite, um, and then put it out there. You know, you can put marketing budget behind it, try to push its success, get influencers to promote it, um, just to get the project, uh, you know, rolling and get more players into it, boost your numbers, and try to push some growth that way. But, you know, you don't have to go that far. You could do whatever you can manage. Just press publish, put it out there, and just let the world discover it. That's incredible. Um, you are going to be speaking at our conference, as we said. You'll be alongside Epic um, for our fireside chat that we are featuring. Can you share just a snippet? Give me a tease. <laughs> if I am on the fence of going to this conference, I've just listened to your amazing insights on uh, creating games, working with Epic, et cetera. Give me that tease that maybe pushed me over the fence to, to come join us in Chicago. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be a fantastic conversation um, with Steve from Epic. Uh, that conversation, we're going to touch on a lot of different things about where uh, the esports industry is going and um, that that trajectory, what it looks like for brands in this space, those new opportunities, as well as, uh, you know, what are the opportunities for education in this space is something, you know, that Steve from Epic is definitely going to want going to bring up. And we're going to talk about that a little bit further. And, you know, what are the, op like, what is the educational opportunities that we have to like, 
bring this career, this, this career that I have right here in front of me, how do we bring this opportunity to more people in the world and give them that start that, you know, I just had to discover naturally, um, but then give them the tools to be able to start early. Like I said, you know, if I had the same access to the tools at a younger age, I would have been spending more time doing that. And, you know, my career path would have looked a little less wavy before I ended up the, where I am right now. Um, but there's so much to talk about. There's brand sponsorships. There's the the trajectory of esports and Fortnite creative in general, new opportunities to innovate in that space that nobody has even thought about yet. Um, it's going to be a really, really good conversation. I love that. I love, yeah. I was just going to say, I love, I, yeah, I love that you brought up the education angle once again, that's, that's going to be a really exciting and cornerstone part, I think, um, with, with building the future. So really, really pumped that you guys are going to talk about that. Yeah. And for everybody listening, you know, I'd say whether you have an interest, whether it's, you know, education, whether it's, uh, you know, the scholastic side of things or whether you're a brand and you're trying to figure out, Hey, how do I find my way in this space? Who do I even work with? Who, who's my contact? I've had many conversations with brands saying, John, do you have a contact at X publisher? And um, your contact is right here, ladies and gentlemen. Come and meet him in person, August 21st and 22nd in Chicago. If you can join us for the baseball game on the 20th, that's a bonus. Um, in the meantime, Josh, can you share with us, last thing, for people who want to get a hold of you, before or at the conference or after hearing this episode, what are the best ways to get in touch with you? Yeah, I would say first things first, absolutely go check out our website, 404creative.gg. Uh, you can go look and read more about our studio, the work that we've done in the past and the work that we are doing, uh, as well as learn a little bit more about our team, um, a little bit behind the scenes about who we are and the work that we do. Um, but feel free to contact me directly because because I you know this space is so new, uh, everybody I talk to wants to learn a little bit more about it, uh, and there's there's a, a huge need to educate people uh, and kind of spread that awareness on what's going on here, what are the opportunities. So many people have questions, um, and I'm happy to be a resource for that. So feel free to hit me up. You can send me an email, Josh at four four creative gg. Uh, I'll gladly respond and, you know, give you my insights onto, you know, like about this, this space for that creative, what it means in esports, what it means in gaming, what it means for brands. Uh, and I'd be glad to do it. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for lending your time and your expertise uh, to our show here. Um, and we look forward to seeing you in person at esports next on behalf of my co-hosts, Lindsay and Megan, thank you so much for joining us today on the Esports Next podcast. It, it's been an absolute blast um, and a pleasure to join you guys. And I really look forward to the conference in a few weeks. It's going to be wonderful. Can't wait.